To Hell with the Hot Dish represents the opinions and musings of three not overly intelligent pastors working to challenge a church long defined by a cliché casserole culture. The thoughts expressed here are their own and not necessarily the thoughts of any larger institution. So feel free to find your seat, stow all expectations for answers in the overhead compartment, and join us on this misguided adventure. This is To Hell with the Hot Dish. Guided adventure that we've affectionately titled To Hell with the Hot Dish. And I'm tired. <laughs> Hi, tired. I'm Lauren. <laughs> Hi, Ty, Lauren. I'm tired. <laughs> and I'm Kyle. I'm not tired. Hi, I'm Kyle. Tired. I'm tired. <laughs> You're tired. Oh. I'm kind of tired. You guys, you know what? I'm actually, I'm tired, but I'm also really excited. It's countdown time. Y'all know what's coming on April 1st. Y'all know what's April coming Fool's on Day. April Fool's a- Day. April it's Fool's Easter, Day. and all of us are eagerly anticipating that pastor joke of Jesus is dead. April Fool's! No, he's not. He's back. And all <laughs> yeah. of us will let out the best little church guffaw like, oh, I knew it. I knew it was coming. Yeah. And we'll oh, love man. it. It's going to be great. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I hope oh, not. But, you know, but right, right, right now I'm just real tired. I'm just, Why are you I'm tired? What's down. going on? What's... It's just one of those weekends. We're recording this on a Monday. Usually we record it at God knows when. True. And like you were all together. It's Monday and I'm pooped after a very busy weekend. I just had a lot to do. Yep. To do. Kyle, yeah. what day off during the week do you take at Calvary? What's your day off? Uh, my day off is uh, Friday. It's just Friday. Mine too. Because there's a. Mine too. What are we doing? Uh, well, I don't. If I still have things to do, I still have to get it done on Friday a lot of times. That's right. usually that's right. But it's easier yeah. than Monday. It's easier than Monday for sure. Yeah. Well, I've heard someone explain that once too. That like a lot of times in ministry, you are kind of tuckered out after a long weekend of, of worship and ministry and other activities. And so if you are going to be tired, wouldn't you rather waste that day at the church as opposed to <laughs> like, on, like on your family? No, it's a, it's a serious thing to think about. Like. If you're already low in energy, there's certainly office work or tedious work yes. we can get done on Monday. Yes. So, like, I'd rather have the day with my family be the day that I'm, like, energized yes. and ready to go and I'm excited yes. for a weekend. Yes, yes. That's not yeah. a bad idea. I have tons of things to clean up on on Monday, and so that's just a nice way to then start uh, yeah. the week after that. So. Take care of the custodial That's work, right. the the office minutia. And if you're listening from Prince of Peace, I don't want you to think that I waste Mondays at work. I, you know, I, what I mean by that. Warren is, plays a lot of paper football. <laughs> yeah, it's almost it's almost three o'clock, so I might take an HQ break. But yeah. oh, um, Warren's got to win like no oh money. My gosh. Oh my god! Hey, I got ten out of twelve questions right. And hey, and if you don't here. know, if you don't know what HQ is, it's Stop an it, app. Warren, don't you no, dare! Don't I'm you? 
doing it. You dare get a bunch of lives. It's, Stop it's it. An, it's an app. They didn't that's pay live for this. trivia for real money. When you sign up, use code, referral code, Opal Girl. One word. Or Hungry Hoops. O-P-A-L-G-I-R-L. Oh, my gosh. Or Hungry Hoops. H-U-N-G-R-Y Hoops. Don't, no. let, don't do the Opal one. I hope Anyways. they're giving us some you know, money for this, for this plug. That's that what you're I was doing. trying to stop him, but once he did it, now it's and if there. You're it's like, in the internet. Why is, why is Lauren's code Opal Girl? Opal is my dog, and she's a girl, and that's her name, Opal Girl. Now you know all of Lauren's passwords on like subreddits, <laughs> Opal Girls, like ranting about like whatever. You're like, that's Lauren's. Uh, other name. Oh, oh gosh, there's probably an Opal Girl out there that I wouldn't be proud of. <laughs> you just no. did it. Well, anyway, anyway, how week, did we get uh, how did we get down that rabbit hole? We were talking about days off and busy stuff and farting around, but the reason is because I'm so dang tired. And the reason I'm tired was we had like one of those weekends where like Friday I did have some stuff. It was my day off, but I had some stuff I had to take care of. And then Saturday I had like the morning like men's breakfast and I was really excited about it because I was talking about Haiti, like about our trip and how that went. It was great. But then uh, I had more to do that Saturday and setting up for the next day because we just had a lot of stuff happening in our fellowship hall that week with like first communion. And at the same time, I was leading family worship in there. And then I had to do uh, in our mana program, I did a hung, we did a hunger meal because we're trying to build up kind of conversations with families about uh, service and how to care for people. And then after that, I had to lead my Lenten group. It was just like, it was one of those weeks. I mean, good stuff. Like, undoubtedly good stuff, but I was just pooped. <laughs> Tired. Pooped. Yeah, I was pooped. Yeah, you sound pooped. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everybody, this is, this is this is Alex is tired. Welcome this to his just, normal. Yeah, you have to yeah. deal with And this. they're all thinking, I don't want to see him when he has energy. <laughs> That's what's funny is in the morning at church, everyone's like, had your coffee yet? And I'm like, you better not. <laughs> like, that would be bad. <laughs> Yeah. I would fly through the ceiling. Yep, you don't need that. So any highlights, any moments that stick out from your jam-packed weekend? Anything that was really impactful? I thought our little our so we do this thing called Nana on Sunday mornings. Uh we that's like our our it's 500 years reformation, right? So we're reforming Sunday school and we came up with this thing we're calling Nana, which literally means like what is right. this? So it's a good name considering we're kind of creating this thing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just our attempt to do better with the responsibility of forming faith of all people. And Sunday morning for so many of us in our, uh, I'd say like church leadership positions in any way, like whether volunteer leader, paid staff, I mean, you, you have so much to do like on this day. And uh, I just wonder sometimes if, if we're just going through the motions and not like actually serving like a greater a greater hope that we have for this time together. I mean, people are really busy. There's that like scarcity ethic, you know, around time. But I mean, you have people there. They want to form their faith. I say be grateful about that. But we've been talking about how we just use that time better to bless people. So we kind of like threw the Sunday school model out the window and tried to better serve the, the, the mission of forming faith to better follow Jesus. So it's... It's good when we have these cool things like where we do a hunger meal and we talk about hunger and it's an experience instead of just like a um, what could sometimes just be like a, a monthly. Observance. So yours is so it's experience based and then discussion about what an unpacking kind of what happened. So people learn by doing. Is that what yeah. you're saying? 
Yeah, so in our in our case, we call it like another name for it would be like edu worship. If you wanted to get specific, <laughs> is it's a worship opportunity for all ages. So it's got nice. all the elements of worship. You know, like there's prayer and we're we're reading scriptures, we're telling stories. But like instead of a classical sermon time, it's kind of like vacation Bible school where we have outposts where you can go engage the lesson in different ways, and it shakes. It's kind of shaking that idea of like, oh, here's the classroom with the official educated person to disperse information to you to retain. It's like, oh, we actually have somebody um, from our congregation who likes uh, kayaking or whatever. Well, if that week we're talking about creation or in one of those stories we're talking about like stewardship, environmental, or about Jesus in the wilderness. I think that was actually what we were doing. We were talking about Jesus in the wilderness. We had an out, like, a guy whose like main hobby, his favorite thing to do with his family is like go out camping and something about the wonder of encountering God in that sort of like different environment. That's a neat lesson to teach kids as opposed to, and then Jesus went out into the wilderness and it was scary and he was tempted by the devil. It's like, no, but think about that. Like why wilderness? Mm-hmm. Why out mm-hmm. there? And then have somebody in your congregation who's not like a official teacher, but someone who just cares about the formation of people go, I can tell you a lot about how the wilderness has affected my faith. That, I felt like, has, like, more legs. So myself and the youth director, at, uh, youth and family director, um, uh, Jen Jarman, and I have just been working on how do we just better utilize the strength of gifts in our community to better share our faith than just, like, here's information that classically is understood as Christian education. Yeah. That sounds, it sounds great. It sounds like it takes a lot of effort, like weekly, like you actually have to like invest more into this than maybe the traditional Sunday school model. I think it's different effort yeah. because the traditional Sunday school model requires you like break up kids into like their, their dates of assembly and group them together. Like you were assembled in 2004, you were assembled and so you go to an adult class. You were assembled in 2014. You go to this group. You know, this one's saying like the effort and then of having teachers or people that have like the curriculum, because that has to be happening because you can't just expect to have 12 like excellent teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to have curriculum. You got to organize that. You got to organize volunteers around people's vacation schedules. In this one, it actually, it's it's effort, but it's in a different way. We're not thinking about how do I get this information into brain of kid. Um, we're asking like months in advance. So here are some themes we're going to be coming across over the next few weeks, you know. And this time we're going to be talking about this. And a group of us get together like leadership, uh, people who are interested in this sort of model. And we just kind of do like a little mini Bible study of all those things and ask, what are things that stuck out to you? How did you hear about this? Where have you ever heard this? And then we think about all the people we know and who would be probably good at sharing that story. Mm -hmm. Not just what does this mean? Like, here's a Bible story. What does this mean? But how is this important to somebody enough that they would be willing to share a story? So we... It doesn't have to be like always some deep, profound discussion. Sometimes it's when John the Baptist is... Uh, out out there and they describe him as we're eating bugs. We have an outpost where we went to jungle gyms and bought some actual like cricket flour, like yeah. powder, <laughs> and they made bread with it. And they were like, what? He goes, yeah, he, they told the story then. So this was like for younger kids. They got to hear the story. And then they also got to do something like we're talking about that kind of wilderness idea that he was out there. He was exposed. He, he, he knew what it was like to be hungry. He ate bugs, you know, stuff like that. So um, it's it's work. But I'd argue it's like way more fun work. 
than just who can properly execute this curriculum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That, that's how I, I, I would say well, it's hard, but like, you're trying to be, it's new. It's yeah, new. Yeah. And you're trying to be faithful to what's our job as, as, uh, as the church. Like what, what's our job? How, how are we going to, how do we teach people or how do we grow faith together or how do we make this relevant? I mean, those are the questions that we're always, I mean, that I, I think we're always asking right. or should be asking. Right. Well, I think the temptation Kyle is like that. We, we get so <clears throat> bogged down by all the responsibilities and the systems that we've created yeah. in our local congregations. Like, yeah. you know, all three of our different settings and certainly people that are listening that are involved in a church, it has its own ecosystem, its own yeah. natural habitat, its own natural culture is at every individual church has its own culture. And they have a history of like programs and ways of gathering, you know, everything from Sunday morning worship to how you invest in kids, how you teach the faith, how you serve your neighbor. Like we've created all of these systems through the institution. And I think like the temptation is that we just kind of live within that system and we get um, we move into autopilot. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like that's a constant temptation for Mm -hmm. me. And I don't think it comes from a place of like laziness or or anything like that. I think it comes from there's a lot of things that that are important to us. But one thing that's sometimes a comfort is a structure, you know, like I don't have to reinvent that number one repeated chorus I hear so often. is, I'm thinking of doing this. I don't want to reinvent the wheel here. Does anyone have something? And we ask for a model from somebody. And I don't think that's a bad idea, but I think that I don't want to reinvent the wheel is a, is also sort of like a, I can't do a whole ding dang reimagining of this. Does anyone have practical resources? Well, the way I look at it is that, you know, some of the models we have and the systems and programs we have, um, we have them because they are excellent. Like they've yeah. worked really well. Mm-hmm. It, it's almost as if, um, you know, like think of an automobile, like the preferred mode of transportation in the world today, like on for your daily commute. Like it's got four wheels and, or, and uh, an engine and it goes and it gets you where you need to go. But, you know, eventually we might come to a day where like the automobile – isn't serving culture anymore like it used to. There's a new technology that we've never even dreamed of. And I I think that's like the pain point for a lot of churches is that, you know, we're still writing out programs that um, have served the church really, really well for many years. You know, we've perfected them over hundreds of years of doing faith formation. You know, Sunday school, the current Sunday school model we have is about 200 years mm-hmm. old. And And it grew to a peak. And a lot of people believe that was like the 1950s, 60s. But ever since then, it's been declining as a model. Um, And so like the innovation happening in our local school districts is happening at a faster pace than the innovation happening in our Sunday schools, Mm -hmm. typically. Mm -hmm. Like, um, and so I think sometimes that's the pain point that we all feel is like, well, the model worked really well. Like we've got the system down. We know how to like grease the wheels, change the oil. Like we know what's needed, like recruit these teachers, get your curriculum, get the volunteers, break up the age groups, send them in a room and good things will happen. Yet, culture continues to move and shape and there's different influences and students are learning differently. They're more visual than they've ever been They're, mm-hmm. You know, like, and that's why I, like, I applaud what you're doing at Alex. Like we're in the same city and I hear like you talk about manna a lot and we talk about it in our church cause we're all friends, even though, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I look at what we do here and I'm like, yeah, we could probably 
get a little bit more creative and get back to that original question that Kyle asked. Like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Why are we Why doing, are we doing this? Yeah. What's the point? Well, I think, and that's, and that comes from a good place. I don't, it may sound weird coming from a, uh, a podcast saying to hell with something, but like, I don't mean to say to hell with Sunday school, you know, mm-hmm. like I think it was, a, it served, it serves its purpose. But like the, per, what I'm saying is the outcome that we're getting from it statistically, um, we've designed a system to make that. That's what we've done. And Sunday school right. makes what we get, which is a sad reality where, you know, you're sitting with high schoolers who, are, who love their church and have great relationships there and are participating. But then you ask something about like, I don't know, like transfiguration. What is that? And like four kids out of like 20 now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because that wasn't that wasn't in Sunday school curriculum. You know, is that important? I don't know. I'm just saying, like, what is it? What does that mean that we're we're have a whole worship service, a festival Sunday about transfiguration while in another classroom? They don't even know how to talk about that or why, because maybe it's not that important or maybe it is. And maybe we should do the work of how to make that like have connection points to real life. And what better connection points than the people in their community, Mm -hmm. the people around them. And I think that's the big thing where this grew from is like these concepts of like, who are the people that connect your faith? I mean, who are the people in your neighborhood? You could go to church with people for a long time and only know like your friend's parents Mm -hmm. because that's how it worked. You were age segregated and the people you know are the people who who serve you, let alone, but not the people who you worship and live life with, Mm -hmm. you know? So is this something, because this is kind of what I was wondering, is this something that you do, it's church-wide, that it's intergenerational, that it's not just for youth, right? We do not have, yeah. So yesterday we had like, probably pushing 50 You do youth and adults. Yep. Our fellowship hall had... A bunch of posts. Does the whole church participate in no, this? No. Like, See, you would... Yeah. I, that's the hope. How do you get more involved? And that's what it is. It's about, like, you're creating a new culture, and that is something that has struck every sort of person who grew up loving the the traditional Sunday school model. It's like, oh, well, like, I don't really want to go in there and hear about David and Goliath from a children's book. I want something right. deeper. And it's like, oh, we're not doing that. You actually could get deeper. The The most fruitful, like, one I've seen, we just had this great, we had I've had lots of great outposts, but one the other day was great. I lead a thing during that called uh, Deeper Conversations. Anybody can come to that. But generally, parents come to that. Older folks come to that. They want to go deeper into the text. And we have a conversation. Um, but it was funny. We were all going in there, and after we had decided what outpost we were going to, all of them said, I almost went to that outpost on, um, like, perspective and widening our vision in terms of our responsibilities um, as disciples. And I said, yeah? Why didn't you go? And they go, I don't know. I was like, is it because kids were going to it? And they're like, maybe. I just like these conversations. I go, this conversation we're about to have could happen in there. So let's just go. So I took a group of like 10 adults and we crashed into this room that had like maybe two or three parents and a bunch of kids and we joined their discussion. Oh my gosh, it was fruitful. One, a bunch of adults got to watch kids coming up with some really great, we had like the middle, we were we were using cool colors like purples, blues, and writing down things we're responsible for. What are you responsible for? And it's like my family, my job, uh, food. The kids are like my education, my this, and they're writing these things down. And then we brought out warm colors of paper, like um, reds, yellows, um, oranges. And we started asking, now, and this was the text with, uh, you're fixing your, you're, you're giving, you're, you're looking at human things, uh, not on divine things, you know, get behind me, Satan. What are the other responsibilities we have in discipleship? And they're like, oh, 
I go, well, no, let's look at the cold colors we had here. Uh, we need to, we need food. And he goes, but who also needs food? Others need food. Our neighbors need food. Right. So let's fill that out, like food for our neighbors. Uh, what's your responsibility? So let's look at education. Do we care just about our own education or do all people? And they're like, oh, yeah, we could help people, like help people learn. We could do this. Kids are doing this. Adults are writing it down as the kids are saying it. And this thing just gets really wide. And we hear we basically say, like, you know, if we only look to our own needs, our own safety, our own provision, we can be very cold people. But Jesus called us to be light a light to the world, this thing that people could gather around and love. And when we reach out with these responsibilities, it gets warmer. These kids were like fully in this thing while these adults were filling out these papers. And I'm going, this is exactly, exactly, I think, the hope of, of faith formation is that it's a village working together. We're blessed by the child's perspective as much as a child is fully blessed by people who actually think the conversation they're having is worthy of being had as an adult as mm-hmm. well. Um, and that happens, but I think it's still getting over that hurdle, that little glimmer of like, oh, I didn't go there because isn't it a kid's thing? It's like, well, maybe it will be good for kids, but does that mean it won't be good for us? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I wish every day someone blew a whistle at work and said it's time for phys ed. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, I'm like, heck yes. Yeah. You know, like, finally, someone's going to make me flip an exercise. Yeah. Like yeah. this is what this is. That's a cool vision, and I, I um, I'm inspired by what you guys are doing. I have a point of clarity here, just to help me understand it a little bit better. So you said that um, every week you you get you start with everyone together in like yep. one place, and then you allow them to pick where they're going, like what yep. activity they pick. Mm-hmm. So have there been things that have been highlighted as like favorites, and other sections that are not as well Any attended? Any opportunity or? to cook usually gets every kid like super down, <laughs> which I think that's something to think about. They like the idea of making, you know, creating. Mm-hmm. Um, they like the the kind of fun, like when there's a science one. We have, we have really good ones where we're talking about like how a little thing, how a little salt changes everything, you know, like your salt of the earth, right? Or a little light and darkness. So we do like a little chemistry example of like, look what happens when you add just mm-hmm. this. Kids go nuts when there's something they can. So, Alex, with. let me ask you a couple questions that I think are important. Okay. One, how many how many hours a week do you spend working on mana? Uh, okay, so I do the thing. So that's like an hour with a okay. half an hour, like setup. If I'm like doing right, like an hour and, and a half. but what about planning for it that weekend? Planning for it, me and uh, Jen, who also she's like primary like mover in terms of coordination. Yeah. Um, I'd say at the beginning of the week, we're probably putting in a total of probably like four or five hours of just making sure everything's in line. A week. And then yeah. my other question would be how many um, how many like uh, adult servants, volunteers, people mm. do you need to to make a weekend happen? To make a weekend happen? Yeah, to, to make mana happen. Yeah. To make yeah. mana happen on any given weekend, you need how many people that are also so thinking about it? So we just added it. a regular component, which is we really thought the worship thing needed a boost because I'm not musical and Jen's not musical. So we've just recently added somebody who's going to help us lead with like music and songs and stuff. Right. So one, music. But but Two, what? A, but what about like adults that are doing this section? Well, that's what yeah, I. Yeah, right, right. I'm getting there. Just wait. Just okay, wait. Okay, because I'm so, going somewhere with these questions. So just yeah, answer. You've got them. a yep. music person. You've got sort of a leader who's sort of like the MC of this, who kicks it off, tells the story, can direct outposts, etc. And then you only need like three outpost leaders from there. So three volunteers who are willing to lead that part. 
And do they come up with the craft that week or the activity, or are you? No, we reach out. We reach out after. So the way that we plan the thing is like in large seasons and chunks. We do like nine nine weeks or whatever. We plan with a team of like eight or nine. Okay, so you get together way ahead of time and you say, here's where we're going, here's what we're going to do. Here's we're, the big overall vision for this season or this time together. We're creating our own curriculum so we know like two months in advance, hey, this is what uh, we're what's do a coming. science experiment. Okay, yeah. so, I, so I say all of that to highlight a, a reality. Because I imagine, like, I've been getting really excited and, and just kind of fired up about what you guys are doing. And I imagine some of our listeners are, too. And they're like, oh, that that sounds like a really cool thing. But I asked you those questions to highlight this reality. It takes more work. Um, oh, yeah. And, like, we often want things. We, we want that really fruitful ministry. We want to dig in. We want to make a bigger impact in our students' lives and maybe in our own life. And we know that, like, it's going to take some effort. And it's true. Like, it is. Like, four mm-hmm. to five staff hours a week devoted to it. Uh, Three-month you know, planning periods together. Uh, volunteers to do it. But I think that it's so worth it, right? That's like, why. That's what we. That was the first thing we were confronted with was people saying, "You know, this sounds like it's going to be a lot of work." And we said, "Yeah, but it's like really good work, right? <laughs> like, isn't that better than like spending my time trying to volunteer tell people what to do, like, or please, just hoping God. and praying? We're hoping and praying that Sunday school teachers teachers will show up and will have read the lesson and the curriculum before they right because teach their I, class. that's not a criticism that's just reality it's hard out there well it's the difference different. is it the difference i think alex is that there's um sunday school we there are passionate sunday school teachers out there yes and if, and if yes, you're one of God. them that is listening thank you thank you thank you thank you for teaching sunday school week in and week out if that is your ministry bless you like yeah. we God need those passionate you. people but by and large i think what what we face in today's world is that the traditional model of Sunday school is a low expectation model because it's like, hey, we've got a curriculum for you. And sometimes we feel like we're just begging people to show up and do it. Like just invest in our kids. Here's the curriculum. Here's a DVD. All you've got to do is play it. Ask a few questions. It's a low expectation model. Mana, what you're describing is like high expectation. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, you're going to be a part of a planning team that does nine weeks at a time and you're going to help us brainstorm and create the craft. And and that's high expectation of your people. But it has the potential for really deep impact. That's that's the cool thing. Is like it's worth it to see when that event, when that when that moment happens, where adults and kids are talking at the same dang level about faith, because that's possible. We're talking about really big ideas. Mm-hmm. I would I, I would add something to that to say that uh, I think that. I think that everything you're saying is right. I think that the high expectation can come regardless of what your vehicle is, right? For getting yes. that. Because I know we Calvary we do we do the traditional Sunday school model and it works very well uh for us. And and our youth director Janelle uh, Miller has incredible time and energy and, and puts a lot of focus right. into that. But what she does is she also has high expectations as she talks to the teachers and as we communicate what we hope to get out of that, right? Uh, probably where I, where we, where we're, we need to grow is in our adult education piece. We do family Sunday right. school. We do things like that. But like, I think it has to do with 
me as a pastor taking time to invest in that high expectation in our adults. I know Janelle can have that. Our youth director can have the high expectations. If you as a leader convey those high expectations, people are going to rise to meet them. And maybe overall across the church, maybe as leaders, we're just too resigned to well, I have too many other things don't to do. Them away. Or I have too many other things to do. I don't have time for that. But if I were to invest time and be committed and and expect uh have raised my bar of expectations, I bet no matter what your model is, you're gonna see more participation and more excitement and more engagement. I mean, that's right. my thought. Sure. Yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with you on one level, but on the, the other hand, because uh, because we're in a similar similar place, Kyle, that we have a traditional Sunday school model broken down by age groups. Mm-hmm. And over the last few years, we've had to combine grade levels because simply because we don't have and maybe that's a really good thing, but we don't have as many committed teachers that understand this is my ministry. This is my prime. We have many of them. And and if you're listening Thank you again. Right. Bless you. Like you, man, like the dedication you put in to invest in other people's kids is remarkable. But but what we often have by the end of the year, we've got the core group of of teachers that are so passionate and committed. But then there are other teachers that are a part of that class that fade off or, or yeah. no longer do it or never like they sign up, but they don't show up. And so what we're finding is that there are less and less people year after year that are passionate for Sunday school ministry mm-hmm. in the traditional sense in my setting. And maybe maybe my context is just, you know, different. But I but I find it's getting it's getting harder and harder. Like the core committed group is smaller. Well, and smaller. I think that what the other piece to learn from is that you can see that. I can see that in maybe a five-year chunk, but when you start doing this over 10, 15, 20 years, you're going to see ebbs and flows both directions. And so I think in some sense you have to – in some sense you got to think long-term. And I think one of the things that tells me is that things are always changing and you have to be reevaluating and not afraid to try something new, right? And so – Right, I think that right. the, the learning pieces, no matter what your your participation is, no matter what the energy level is, if you're invested and you're always evaluating and saying, what can we do better? What can we do differently? Then I think we always have to be doing that. Right. And we've been doing that a little bit with the podcast, you know, with each yeah. other, having conversations and dreaming and thinking and kind of discerning stuff. And I, yeah, I think that's an important message. You know, we're, we're doing a podcast right now in the year 2018 because podcasting is like one of the fastest growing um, mediums for communication. It's it's um, it's like even two years ago when we began, there weren't nearly as many podcasts as there are now. Some would say we're they're, like they're, unbelievable pioneers, and those some people is, are my mom. There, there might be a day though, like there might be a day down the road when like podcasting is like obsolete. Who knows? Um, like last think, week, it ended. I don't think it's happening anytime soon. But but I think that's an important message that we always have to be like discerning. Well, what's going to work now? What vehicle are we going to ride now um, into the vision that God has created for us? Which the vision, I think, the vision remains the same. Um, we just need different vehicles from time mm-hmm. to time, mm-hmm. you know. And thank goodness, you know, that we upgraded from the horse and buggy to the Model T to, gosh, now what, what do we have, Tesla? Like, it's crazy. <laughs> Horse, um, horses sure were relieved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. Maybe you know we should probably be vlogging. Uh, maybe that's what we. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh! Where I eat fast food. Not even sure what that is. <laughs> it's my. You, if you want to follow it, I mean, I need to start one, but uh, it'll probably be just me like playing with action figures. But yeah, yeah, video blog. I do that. Hey guys, I got a new. I got a new Cyclops. Oh so, wow! Yeah, <laughs> wow! Get a load well, of the articulation in the toes. Well, you know, I think maybe this was a hopefully this was a helpful conversation uh, for you guys tuning in to listen to. Maybe you're you know, we're in the middle of that, you know, uh, the middle of that school academic churchy year where Sunday school ministry is probably still chugging along. But, you know, we uh, maybe this has been some food for thought as people get planning teams together and think about, hey, how are we investing in our youth? Because that's the big question, right? How are we? How are we building relationships, um, forming faith, teaching faith, which we know <laughs> we've only <laughs> dove into. Lord, are you okay? <clears throat> oh, my goodness. I need a... <laughs> it's back. Oh, no. He's going live. <laughs> okay, listen. I thought it was gone. It's clear. It's clear this has gone off the rails. We have to bring Lauren to the ho- to the digital hospital. But um, No, no, no. All I was going to say to finish the point is that you know, uh, obviously, like Sunday morning faith formation, if you have an hour or a half hour, whatever you have, that's only one aspect of this whole equation. It's also, you know, how we have experiential growing opportunities and all those other things that form faith. Mm-hmm. But for sure. Well, I have to run, fellas, because some of us have kids to pick up at school today. <laughs> so with that, I'll say bye, you two. And as always, tell the hot dish. To hell with the hot dish. To hell with the hot dish.